0: Okay, here we are again, October the 8th, uh, 2017, a lecture, discussion number 299 on the Book of Romans. I should say really fast, if you can look up there on the, on the, well, Dave will capture that. This sermon brought to you by Diet Coke, which is really funny. I'm trying to include Worcestershire sauce, as you know, into my uh, application. Uh, I got a letter from John, John is the one, uh, uh, John G., He's the one that uh, writes the Coca-Cola company and tells them things about us. It's really funny. He's a very funny man. He turns out to be a school teacher. Um, uh, he, he writes here. He wrote me a letter. I'll just uh, read the last part. P.S. Has Diet Coke called or sent a check yet? Yeah. Ah, isn't that great? Uh, Dear Pastor Chronister, this he writes me, said, I wrote to Diet Coke. This is what he wrote again. He's, he's bothering them, which is kind of funny. Dear Diet Coke, I've written you a number of times about Pastor Stephen Cronister. <laughs> I would love to be the guy that gets this stuff at Coca-Cola Company. <laughs> I mean, uh, and just makes me laugh. I wrote him back and I told him that uh, he's becoming a legend here at Cliffside for what he's doing. Uh, let me start over again because I can't do it without right, laughing. Dear Diet Coke, I've written you a number of times about Pastor Cronister. Every week, promoting your product, and you have yet to reward him for his loyalty. <laughs> Perseverance, either. I've supplied you with a link to YouTube so you can see for yourself. Sincerely, John. Gee, I won't use his last name. Well, guess what they did? They wrote him. We have a letter. Coca-Cola Company. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get it to come off, but essentially they wrote him back and said, uh, thank you for your input, and we are looking into the matter. <laughs> ah, so, victory is on the cusp. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Golly, people out there on the internet just uh, are a, are a delight sometimes. I don't even know how to say it. It's just marvelous. Okay. Starting all over again. October 8, 2017, lecture discussion uh, number 299 on the Book of Romans. And that, of course, is 299. We should put that on the board. Because 299 is very, very close to 300, or some would say. And uh, as you might remember, uh, I proposed number 300 as the conclusion to this lecture series that we have been doing for many years. And currently, as you might be also aware, we're still at Romans five twelve through twenty one, and First Timothy two thirteen through fifteen, and Genesis three, and Genesis three has now led us to Judges thirteen through sixteen, and Judges sixteen will ultimately end at Romans eleven. I hope that all made sense to you. Now, it doesn't have to. Don't fear if it doesn't. Some out there, either here or on the vast internet, netty. Might insist that the goal at stopping at number 300 is uh, uh, unreasonable or improbable, and again, I can understand why they say they think that because that's based on the assumption that 299 is immediately adjacent to 300. Yes, thank you for being suspicious. Uh, in actuality, 299 is in, in infinitely divorced or removed from 300, as those who have suffered through the now ancient Genesis series came to realize. All I have to do to reveal the infinite is to utilize fractions, and I have infinity, don't I? All of that to say that I have recourse in the event I'm unable to achieve my target legitimately of 300. I have a, uh, I have a back door. Next Sunday then is likely going to be lecture 299.000016. On its way to infinity and beyond, right? Okay. Where are we? Where should we be? What has the most urgency or priority, in my opinion, because I have the possession of the most holy dry erase marker that I need to fix because it's running out of ink, so I have to replace this holy marker, don't I, with this one. Let's hope that this one will work. Good. Okay, let's recap a bit for the intermittent amongst the faithful here at Cliffside. We left off last Sunday at Judges 15. This is Samson's second attempt to save his wife from death. His first attempt was successful. So let me repeat that. This is his second attempt to save her. She has, she was under the threat of death once. He was successful. Now she is again, if you will, recaptured and under death again. And so he is going to attempt to save her once more. If you prefer, think of it this way, the first time that he saved her, he utilized riddles. Or a riddle, actually it's not a riddle, it's a hard saying or a deep mystery, something that is unknowable. The second time, he uses foxes. It's probably not really foxes, it's probably uh, jackals that run in packs, a lot easier to catch. In any event, it's riddle and foxes, that's what he does. So you can make the equation that riddle equals foxes. Both of them have the purpose of saving the wife. So if you prefer it that way, I think that's absolutely proper. So again, the first successful countermeasure of Samson was his unknowable, unsolvable, hard saying. Let me put it another way. The first time Samson has to save... His wife, he he produces something that has a solution that cannot be known, an unknowable solution. So start thinking about that a second. What is this unknowable solution? How does it fit in Scripture? And that results in the wife of Samson being spared from death by fire. That's the purpose of the riddle. It wasn't to win a wager. It was to save his wife. Hopefully that makes sense. Which one fits the best with the New Testament? Everybody, and not everybody, but I get letters that say, no, it's a simple story. He just wanted to win some money. The Bible has no simple stories. And it has nothing that is uh, dissected or is separate from the New Testament. So, where in the New Testament do I have Christ trying to win a bet? Make that logical uh, connection, if you think it's a simple story about m- winning some money. Instead, I have a solution that cannot be known. And that results, again, in the wife of Samson uh, being rescued from death by fire. Anybody else go through uh, a death by fire where they're rescued? Start looking for those, right? Put them all together. In any event, she's now a captive of the very one who purposed to kill her the first time and who still maintains the opportunity and the intent to kill her. So she is, if you wish, captured again or re-established as a prisoner. And all of this is under this false canopy of a marriage. And I say false canopy. Somebody has made this a false marriage The father of the wife of Samson has placed his daughter in this situation, and I am trying to build the case. I'll say it outright here. He has done this wickedly. And it should be noted that it's quite logical. The best man is evil. He knows the best man is evil. He wanted the best man to be evil. He wanted everybody that came of the 30 companions, the supposed friend of the bridegroom, Friends of the bridegroom, he wanted all of them to be evil. It's working out exactly as he intended. The father chose the best man, and he wanted the evil to be there. Connect the process of a best man being evil that is a threat to the daughter. It would be fair to assume that both these men, the father of the bride and the best man, came to the agreement with full comprehension of all the eventualities. Put yourself in his position. Your wife, or I'm sorry, your daughter is getting married. You select the best man that you know will kill your daughter. That's your plan. Again, the father chooses a best man who is a killer. That sets in motion the eventual outcome father would know that and so would the best man. So why did he do it? Ask this. Why does he do this knowingly? Again, I submit the father knew and contemplated and actually agreed with the direction that's going to occur here. So, the daughter is placed intentionally into an untenable position and how does this benefit the father? Because it does. The best man also has an agenda. Not the same as the father. How do these two individuals come together? That we can figure out. The father initiates that. But how do these two gain an advantage from this cooperative alliance that they have formed? Keep in mind, neither was able to anticipate Samson. Samson is extremely unusual. And nobody knows that right now. They could not understand or anticipate or even imagine his counteractions. Samson's responses are a complete shock when he does it. The Philistines are stunned. They start, they are reeling. They are left in disarray and they are in panic. Had no way of knowing that Samson was going to do what he did. Had no way of knowing about this riddle idea that he has or how he would use it. They had no idea of how he would respond when they thought they had answered it. So that's an important component. Here's another one. The father is a Philistine. The best man in his accompanying force, all Philistines. Bill the Cow last week suggested that these are 30 Ascalon temple guards. These are Philistine temple guards from Ashkelon. And Bill's supposition is one that I find well-founded. It solidifies the linkage between the slain priest of Ashkelon and the riddle of Samson. So I think it is absolutely with merit. Samson now, without hesitation, attacks and slaughters 30 priests of the ruling city of Ashkelon, 25 miles away. That's ultimately what he does. No one knew he would do that, and no one knew that he could do that as easily as he did it. Think about what he must do to wipe out these 30 men and take their clothing. And it is their blood-soaked garments that he delivers to the 30 companions who threatened his wife with death by fire. Obviously, Samson knew who bore the primary responsibility, who it was that gave the commands, and he defies the maneuver. The ploy, if you wish, in order to assign that complicity and exact vengeance. Samson put it all together. And he uses this riddle as a vehicle. And in order to do that, he would have to have reasoned through their motive instantly. And I'm proposing again that he did. Let me put that word on the board. If I am talking to you about the motive to kill a woman, where am I in the Bible? Where's the first place I have to ascertain a motive for killing a woman? Of a Nazarite. That's Genesis 3, isn't it? It's a Genesis reference as well as a Revelation 16, 12 through 16 reference. The motives of Satan, we've spent a lot of time there you you i hope you recognize the similar patterns that are uh, the john uh, that i just mentioned earlier wrote uh, let me see if i can find it I, instead of trying to hope that i can remember it he makes a fantastic comment he said i am amazed by how passionate the father is to tell about his son he tells it over and over and over and over again throughout all of his work that's what's happening in samson it's Genesis 3 again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Why does he keep repeating it to us? It's obviously commentary on our, business, or our ability to understand it, isn't it? The motives of Satan, that's why I've spent so much time on it. I know they repeat in Scripture. Satan, you see, planned to kill the wife of Adam. And he succeeds somewhat, doesn't he? He's got a good start. He's able to to introduce physical death. Do not fear those who can only kill the body, right? So there's a somewhat success there. (coughs) Likewise, someone planned to kill the wife of Samson. So I have this relationship between Adam and Samson, ultimately to Christ. The Antichrist seeks to kill the Jews. Who are the Jews? They are the wife of God. He calls them that. And all three of these contain similarities that will provide insight to each one. Okay, backing up a bit. We have this collusion between the father of the bride and the designated best man, the chosen best man, the murderer of the wife. So I have collusion between the father of the bride and the murderer of the bride, if you will, or the father of the wife and the murderer of the wife. How does the father profit from this? If you will. So, what advantage is this for the father? Keep repeating that question. How is the placing his oldest daughter into a position that has her execution as the likely outcome something he readily, willingly embraces? What is going on here? Remember, this is the revealing of Samson. Samson reveals who he really is at this wedding. I have Samson revealing himself at a wedding obviously you should know where we are now in the New Testament the revelation the true uh, the truth of the person I, I, hopefully I said this earlier I'm sure I did we're going to end up studying John 2 and alongside judges 15 somewhere in lecture 299..00014. Christ is revealed at a wedding. Samson is revealed at a wedding. John 2 alongside Judges 15. That's going to provide valuable information. If only we had, again, the mathematical justification for all of this. Anyway, not only is it my view that Samson's capabilities were unknown, but the Philistines could not have also anticipated the anger or the ferocity at which he would act. They didn't know why he would be this way, or that he could even do what he was going to do. His end game. No one knew what his end game was. So here we are now. That's the introduction, or that's the recap. With those elements, why did the Father conspire with the best man? The best man has come to fulfill the orders of the priests of Ashkelon. The second component of this, then, what are the motives... Of the Philistine ruling class. With me so far? I hope so. So here comes our choices. And they're going to seem a little disjointed. But, okay, opaque. Maybe a better word. Intentionally so. Ascalon. That's an A. Make it a better A. Asculon has been informed or made aware, so they have become informed of the prophecies concerning Samson the Nazarite, so they know the Jewish prophecies with regard to these informed of the Nazarite deliverer. So they know about it. So they know that there's somebody coming. I doubt they know his name, but perhaps they do. Maybe they do know the name is Samson. I'm not sure that they have that. Probably they don't. And they now see an opportunity to kill a Nazarite. So they're coming, they're informed of the Nazarite deliverer, and they see an opportunity here to kill him. And I'm going to write Samson, but again, do they know? That Samson is who he is. And, and thus they're going to destroy the hopes of Israel for the Savior or Deliverer. So this is, the, the Deliverer The Deliverer has not been revealed. They know he may be out there. Now we have a Nazarite coming to marry a Philistine bride at a wedding in their territory that they control easily. And they know about this prophecy and so they intend to kill him. Is there anything in the New Testament where I have a ruling... Man who attempts to kill a deliverer. That would be A. B. Because B follows A unless you put in the fraction. Ashkelon suspects Samson of planning an insurrection. Oops, Ashkelon. They think that Samson is a threat to them, military threat. Why would they think this? So they suspect Samson of planning a military action, and they send a detail to spy on him. They want to estimate the strength of his following. Again, I don't think they know who Samson is. In other words, they couldn't pick him out of a crowd. I have reasons for saying that, don't I? They could look at him face to face and not know him from anybody else. We run into that now as a country. We're trying to find these, these uh, uh, ISIS murderers. We're not sure who, what they look like or who they are. They've changed all their names. They've uh, hidden themselves extremely well. They, they, most of them are moving in plain sight and we don't know who they are. We rely on intelligence. So Ascalon gets this intelligence that says, I have a Nazarite coming into a Philistine territory. They think he's a a military threat. They want to know what he's up to because Ascalon can't conceive that a Nazarite Jew, so I'll put this in here, they can't conceive that a Nazarite Jew would want to marry a Philistine. And that is what has tipped them off. They can't reconcile that uh, this Nazarite will come for a Gentile bride and have a wedding and a a marriage. They expect Samson is not going to violate his Nazaritic vow, and therefore this wedding will not be consummated. And they send forward observers to gather information to find out what he's really intending here. So they've completely missed the possibility that the Nazarite... This man, this deliverer of Israel, would in fact bond himself to a Gentile bride. That's a great mystery to them. Where do I come to that conclusion? D. If it is that Samson does intend to marry this woman... Intend to consummate a marriage with a Gentile bride, bringing forth, as he's got to bring forth evidence, doesn't he, that he's consummated the marriage. What would he have to do? He'd have to come out with the blood cloth, wouldn't he? The blood garment. Proof of her uh, cleanliness, if you will, of her purity. And Ascalon knows that that's what, if he does do that, they're going to prevent that by whatever means necessary. Why would they want to do that? Why would Ascalon want to prevent a Nazarite Jew from marrying a Philistine bride? So their, their intention here is to stop the wedding because it is a Nazarite and a Philistine. And they will do it by any means necessary, include killing the bride. And again, look at the judgment seat of Christ. We have this pattern where the Gentile bride will be uh, sh- uh, evidence of her uh, cleanliness that she is clean and sanctified uh, will be shown to who that's the that's the goat at uh, Yom Kippur. Of course going in front of Azazel but here I will have, Ascalon saying there's no way we're going to allow this Nazarite priest. He's a priest, essentially. He's a man, a tremendous uh, separated man. And we're not going to allow him to bond to a Philistine woman. Why would they be against that? And the father of the bride also wishes for the marriage ceremony. Let's put him up here somewhere. Where can I put him? Where am I now? Oh, I have two D's. Looks like my report card for my senior year in high school. Oh, look, an F. Oh. <laughs> to say that I was unmotivated in high school is to be complimentary. I... The father of the bride, he also has an agenda here. He does not... Let's just put him down here. Let me, how shall I word this? Uh, he wants the marriage to fail. So I have two, uh, I have two agendas here, in the sense that, they're, but they're both uh, uh, cooperative. The Ashkelon do not want this marriage to go forward, neither does the father of the bride. That's how it all begins. Again, in my view, and I'll make my case. And therefore, he, the father, joins with Ascalon because they both have the same agenda. He wants the marriage to fail, even if the Ascalon priests go through and murder his oldest daughter to stop it. Which is on the table from the beginning for them. They will stop this even if it requires they murder her. But he has, the father has another objective in mind. I think he sees a different opportunity here. And the father of the bride, the other, the last thing that you can conclude is that the father is an idiot. In other words, what he is, is a man that is trapped, a useful idiot, upon, he's a pawn. He becomes attached, caught up in an event which he can't escape. That's a position that you can have. It's actually quite common. Obviously, I don't... Adhere to that, and I'll try to defeat it today. Now, admittedly, there are more other conjectures, conjectures than these that are put forward in commentaries and in the scholarship that's available, but in the interest of time, I have left the less defensible of those, in my opinion, aside. However, feel free to come up with a reason that you would like to, uh, to put forth in yourselves uh, or on your own, because you'd be surprised at how smart you are. I am never surprised. When you do that, you have to account for and conform with the provided information in the scriptures. And that's the aim, as you should you should know. Also, the typological application. So I have not just the evidence provided that was literally occurred, but I also have the typological element here. Samson is, after all, fundamentally the whole purpose that he is in the book of Judges. The reason he is in Hebrews 11.32 as a hero of the faith, a man that God honors, the reason that that's the case is because he is a type of Christ, a deliverer of Israel, and God honors him. And I hope that I can resurrect his reputation because it has taken a beating in the church today and and unjustifiably so. So uh, if I were to continue making lists, and we really don't have time for me to do that much, uh, of other important items that we're going to need to harmonize, I would start with Judges 14, 1-4 and Judges 14, um, verse 7. So let's do that. Reread them so that you see them. These, again, to repeat, these are possible or likely situations that are occurring. This is the thought processes of the people that are involved. Either the father is deeply involved or he's an idiot. Asculon is trying to kill Samson. Asculon is trying to kill the bride. Or the Asculon is trying to kill both. They think Samson is a military threat, or they're approaching him as a (coughs) Nazarite. Those are our options. And again, there are other options. But now comes this this information that we need to keep to the forefront. So right off the bat is 14, 1 through 4. Now, Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he sees a woman. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Go get her for me now. They didn't say it that way. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Is that a suggestion? That's an order. Then his father and mother said to him, is there no woman among the daughters of the Jews, your brethren, or among all my people? So we have other people there. That you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. Can't find anybody over here, you gotta go here. No one in South Anchorage gotta go to Moldoon. Who lives in Muldoon? Never raise your hand. Okay. (laughs) Okay, let me repeat that. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? The, The Philistines are specifically called uncircumcised. That's an important thing that we'll have to uh, resolve. And Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me well. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord. Okay, you will hear all the time that Samson is choosing a woman that is a Philistine and that he is, what's the word I want, Uh, doing so. In a way that is uh, immoral. Let me repeat that. The father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord. Would they have said what they said if they had known that this is God directing this? Now, some will say, well, God is taking an evil act and making it a good act. Is that what the text says to you? Is there any evidence? And Samson said to his father, get her for me, she pleases me well. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. Because he's what? He's the deliverer of Israel. And he sees an opportunity to do what? He's going to launch a military Event, isn't he? Oh, look, maybe they know that. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, well, I don't need to go on and do that again. Let's go to 14.7 before I get out of of whack here. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. So twice now I have Samson being pleased well, and God is using this, and I believe Samson is well aware of what's happening here. God has moved him. He's not ignorant of this. This is an intelligent man, and God is going to use this situation to begin the ministry of Samson. And I think Samson knows that. So let me repeat it. Samson went down saw a woman get her for me as a wife and the question is must you get a gentile bride from the uncircumcised philistines Romans 217 through 29 and he says get her for me she pleases me well the son goes down to choose a wife from the uncircumcised because she pleases him well god is going to use this as an opportunity to begin his ministry? Is Samson aware of that or not? Ultimately, that's your, your decision making. And the instincts of the father of the bridegroom, or, or I'm sorry, and the, the father Samson as the bridegroom instructs the father of the, of the bridegroom, of him, to make the demanded payment. Now, he does it twice. Let me repeat that. Samson tells his own father, the son instructs the father twice to make the payment. Because that's what's required. So what's the obvious question here? How much does the Gentile uncircumcised bride cost? How much is the price paid? How much money? Next, Judges 14, 19 through 15, 3. I hope you remember this part. We've read it a couple of times. Then the Spirit of the Lord, after the riddle, okay? Now Samson is going to launch his military tactic. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily and he went down to Ashkelon and killed thirty of their men. Okay, so that, as we've talked before, those are likely the priests. We know they're priests because of their apparel. He took their apparel and gave the changes of clothing to those who had explained the, or expounded on the riddle. So they all have now a bloody pile of very, once very expensive clothes. So his anger, priest clothes, ruling class clothes, That would designated you to be a a ruling member of the highest order in Ashkelon, which is one of the five ruling cities. So his anger was aroused, and he went back up to his father's house. So he killed these people, and then what happened? Now he's angry. And he went back up to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. After a while, in the time of the wheat harvest, so now he's going to come for the bride at the time of the wheat harvest. He's coming for the bride at the time of the wheat harvest. Oh, isn't that good news? The uncircumcised Philly, uh, uh, Philistine bride who is captive, he's coming for her at the time of the wheat harvest. wonder what time that is. Uh, what month is that? Uh, it's April, May. When was I born? Cinco de Stevo. We should look and check to see if Cinco de Stevo, and the, no, you're not, you're not going with this, are you? It's possible that sometimes Cinco de Stevo could correspond exactly with the feast day of Pentecost or Weeks or Shavuot, if you will. It could happen. It could happen. It's probably happened. It might happen again. If it does. How difficult will I be to live with in heaven? It would be impossible. My goodness. Uh, We could only hope. After a while, in the time of the wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. That's the third young goat in this this account. So we have to collect all the young goats. Put the young goats together, we got three young goats. Why not an old goat? I was available. Apparently, that's not very valuable. And he said, let me go into my wife. So he goes to the father of his wife. Let me go to, and again, let me repeat, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. And he said, ask this question really fast, does he get to see her? Let me go into my wife with her. Uh, let me go into my wife, into her room. So he has come to consummate the marriage, hasn't he? But her father would not permit him to go in. Her father said, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her. Therefore I gave her to your best man, your companion, the murderer. Is not her younger sister better? Then she, please take her instead. And Samson said to them, this time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I kill them. So... Here we find the remaining first tier of all of this, in my opinion. Notice the disclaimer again. What I think are the essential evidences that unravel this extraordinary true story. It's extraordinary and it is not simple. Please don't think it is. Please begin to extricate yourself from the popular teaching of this. Literally, these are people who, who lived and said and did these literal things. So, again... Samson's anger is aroused. He went back up to his father. His wife is given to this best man killing guy, and now he comes down for his wife at the wheat harvest, Shavuot, to consummate the marriage. The father, the uh, wife—I'm sorry—the father of the wife would not permit it, and now I'm going to have a war. The Father is standing in the way of the consummation of the marriage of Samson and the bride. Where are I now in the New Testament? I have the bride, I have the Father, I'm sorry, I have the Son coming for the bride, the bride and the and Samson. And listen, no one can stop him. Do you think it's possible for Samson to be stopped by the 30 guys and the dad here, maybe the younger sister. How are you going to stop him? He's not revealed as to who he really is yet. They don't know, other than he killed some priests in Ashkelon, They've got an idea that he's amazing, because that was an amazing act. Caught them all by surprise, but he did not do what he could have done. He tries to maintain this misunderstanding as to who he is. So, let me repeat, the son comes down for the bride to take her, and she is, she is held captive by the best man, and it is not permitted. So, it's based on the fact that Samson, and the basis of that was that Samson only hated the wife. When everyone knows that's not true. And the bride, wife, daughter has been given to the one who truly hates her. And the take the younger sister is offered instead. In other words, forget about your Gentile bride. Don't take her, take someone else. Uh, the younger sister. That makes Samson say, I can start killing you now and it is, and, it's, and I will be blameless. So where in the New Testament am I? Where do I have the bride taken? Um, I have the consummation of the marriage. And somebody attempting to stop it. Do you remember a long, long time ago, now it's been months, that I asked you, what is the basis for the war in heaven in Revelation 12? It had something to do with the judgment seat of Christ. This time I am blameless. Whatever you can conclude, note these things in in the obvious typology, the elements that are testifying of Christ, those which Christ fulfills. There will be a New Testament complement, So we have to find those at every opportunity. At least make sure that you're searching for them. Don't just assume this happens in a vacuum. It isn't attached to Christ. That isn't true. It's never true. Your premise that you have when you're deciding what all of this means is to conform, to be correct. And there's more to include, but I submit that these that I just did today are going to provide the path forward enough. So with that said, back to list number one. If A is true, or mostly true, in other words, if the Ascalon priesthood is informed of the Nazarite deliverer and their intention is to send a contingent, thank you, a contingent, a a small military reconnaissance force to to this wedding in the pretense of being the companions. In other words, their cover story is that they're there as the friends of the bridegroom when in fact they're there to to kill him. Why not just kill him? They could have, or they thought they could have. They couldn't have. I asked the question last week, who can kill Samson? The answer is nobody. Can't kill him. Now, some will argue with me that eventually he he is captured. I didn't say who could capture. He has to willingly be captured. So now we'll get into Samson and Delilah. He's mad over his eyes. But Samson has to give his own life up. Therefore, the typology continues, doesn't it? Even though this is difficult. So, if they believe that this was the Nazarite deliverer, and they knew or they thought it was, why not just send a force up there and kill him and be done with it? How does Ascalon ask this? know the wedding is occurring. How do they even know this is? They're 25 miles away. They got cell phones? No. No FaceTime. No Skype. I don't even know what that is. I couldn't get it to work if I had guns pointed at me from every direction. I'd just say, forget it. Shoot me and the computer. How do they know that there's a wedding with a Nazarite in it that might be the deliverer of Israel? How do they know it? they're 25 miles away? How does word get to the friends of the the, the bridegroom? How do the companions, where do they come from? Who sends them? Who provided the information? Who provided the details that this was happening? Who's your choices? Is it the useful idiot that has no idea what he's doing? I don't think so. The only one that would have done this is the father of the bride, right? He's the only one that knows. He's the one that got the money. Because What did the father and mother of Samson do? They came with a lot of money. They paid the price. Certainly, the father of the bride did this. Did he take the money and pay for the 30 companions? I don't think he did. I think he likes the money. I think he's somebody that has a box that he puts money in it. Just saying. Can't prove it. But look at the details. Indirectly, though, he causes the 30 companions to come. Because he creates a scenario. I've got a Nazarite Jew coming to marry a Philistine woman. You need to know about it. This could be the deliverer of Israel. Remember the prophecy? You guys informed of the prophecy? This could be him. Would all the Philistines know about the deliverer? Oh, yeah, they would. Jews won't shut up about it. So, he has the money, this guy does. He could have paid for the 30 friends. How many friends I got? 30. So what do I have here? I have the father has the 30 friend money. So let's put it this way. He has the 30 friend silver. Okay. So what is the real intended price for the bride? It's not the 30 friend money. It's the death of the bridegroom, isn't it? The plan is to kill Samson. That's the father's plan. Ashkelon could have a different plan. Their plan could be to kill the bride. Do you kill a Nazarite? That becomes the question. What happens if you do? I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, as I usually do. Obviously, there's some problems for Ashkelon to work their way through. And they only know what the bride's father has told them. And what is that again exactly? A Nazarite Jew has come for my daughter. The Nazarite Jew, who is the deliverer of Israel, maybe. And assuming the Philistines are well aware and have heard of the Samson prophecy, what's going to be their response. Their response is to kill him, right? That would be typical, Matthew uh, 2, 13 through 17. See Herod. Now, how can I prove, if I'm the father, that this is Samson? See, somebody has to identify the Nazarene, doesn't they? Somebody's in the role of saying, that's the guy. There's There's no way you could know. We don't have photographs. I can't say, here's what he looks like. Here's a drawing. I have to identify the Nazarene. Notice how I say that. How can the priests of Ascalon know for certain that Samson is Samson? Does that make sense? If it does, you're starting to think like me. Does that sound familiar? The father of the bride can identify Samson. He has something of great value. But if and only if Samson really is Samson, does that make sense? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. One of my relatives nodded her head yes. Genetics. It might not make sense at first, but it will, I hope. You see, a deliverer has been promised, Judges thirteen five. The Philistines would not know who he was. At this point, Samson is yet to be known as the deliverer. All the father of the bride has was this very unusual circumstance of a Nazarite coming to wed a Philistine daughter. It's all he's got. But that's worth something. It is a Nazarite. A four-life Nazarite which would have been cause for concern, at least it would have raised the interest level of the priest rulers in Ashkelon. As soon as Samson, who knows that he is Samson, he knows. He's the only one that knows he's Samson. And Samson, with the exception of his father and mother, they might have some idea, but make the connection back to John 2. Mary knew that Christ could do stuff. Did she know he was God? The father and mother knew that he was a Nazarite leader. Did they think he was as unconventional as he is? Samson is not normal. Not like anybody else. That's why he's singled out. He is so unusual. Who else has... Did Think of another person who could take... Go into a battle with a thousand men, as the Bible says, and uh, let me get this exactly right, uh, Revelation 15, 8, and tear these men apart with his bare hands. That's what he did. He didn't use a weapon. He tore them apart man by man. What it says, that's the meaning of those those words. He grabs them and rips them apart and grabs another one and rips them apart. That's Samson. Who else in the Bible like that? Where am I? A deliverer has been promised. The Philistines would not know who he was. Samson was yet to be known as a deliverer. The father had this unusual thing happening to him. He would try to monetize it. But Samson is really the only one. Not even the father and the mother knew exactly what Samson was. But Samson knew. How did he know? Tore a lion apart with his bare hands. Ripped it to pieces effortlessly. Go try that in your spare time. The father of the bride could only offer the possibility to Ashkelon that this might be the, the deliverer of Israel. Nonetheless, on that basis, uh, that small piece of information, Ashkelon provides 30 men to investigate. And kill the Deliverer, if the Deliverer is the Nazarite that has come for that daughter. So, as soon as Samson sees these 30 men, he knows why they're there. He knows immediately why they're there. Could he have known that they were coming before they came? How much of understanding did Samson already have? But in any event, he knows immediately that I've got 30 men here, that are here sent by Askelon. And how is it that they have this information that Samson, a Nazarite Jew, was seeking a Philistine bride? How did they get here? Who told him to come? Because he knows who it is. He knows it's the father, doesn't he? Everyone knows that everyone knows something at this point, and all that's left to determine is the true identity of Samson. Is Samson the deliverer of Israel, the slayer of the Philistines that has been prophesied? Is this the one, or is this a phony? Is this a guy maybe pretending he is? That isn't. Is this a real guy? Again, I want you to to recognize Christ. What did no one even knew what he looked like? Couldn't figure out who he was. Who is he? Is this the Messiah? Again, Samson very, very quickly figures all of this out. Thus his offering of the riddle with the 30 garments as the prize. Something the men, the 30 men would badly want. Priest, priesthood garments, even from Israel, Jewish priesthood garments are very valuable. They never would have realized that Samson would slaughter the Ascalon priests to get them. The ones that sent them. They would never figure that to pay it off. Obviously, I'm positive that Samson always intended to lose the wager. That was the point. The point was to save the bride. It wasn't to win the wager. And I should probably enter this into the record because I'm running out of time. Is the Philistine bride-wife representative of the nation of Israel or the church or both are neither? What's your view? Raise your hand. Never raise your hand. Let me Repeat the question. Is the Philistine bride slash wife? Representative of the nation of Israel or the church? Which one do you think? Or both? Or neither? If both, where in the text is the woman Israel? Where in the text is the woman the church? Is there any other woman in scripture that is both a type of the nation of Israel? I can hardly say it without without laughing because I'm... I know it's so obvious and I want you to see it. Is there any other woman in scripture that is both a type of the nation of Israel and the bride of Christ? Find the other woman. Is there one? Answer is yes. Where is he? Where is she? Where is she? Out of the side of the first Adam came the woman. This pierced side, the word means side, not rib. The side is pierced by God. He pulls out the bride and he builds her. Out of the side of Christ comes the bride of Christ. Right? Out of the piercing of Christ. So I have the woman uh, as a picture of the church, Eve. From the woman... She is the mother of life. She is the mother of the seed of the woman. So who is she there? She's a Jewish mother, isn't she, of the Jewish Messiah. So the woman, Eve, is both a type of the church and a type of Israel. So be is the case with the wife of Samson. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, these lists I've thrown at you. Now it's just time to stand back and fling stuff at the board and run out of time. Ashulon must have decided that Samson was preparing for a conventional war. It's the only thing they could have thought of. There's no other reasonable explanation. They couldn't have thought he was going to do something else. But he does not fight war like anybody else in all of the Bible except who? Christ. The marriage then was some kind of ruse. They had to think that. What's he doing? At this time, Israel cannot defeat the Philistines. They lack the capability. So why would the deliverer go through this marriage? They're thinking things like that. I'm confident of it. Why would this marriage be a tactic that provided an advantage for Israeli forces? It doesn't provide any advantage. Samson would have been seen as a king or a general at least. No one would expect him to function as he did. He was absolutely alone. He's one man fighting by himself. Who's that? solitary against the Philistines, one man against thousands. Who could know that's the way he would do it? This is unknowable. This is the solution to the hard saying, I'll give it up. By the way, this is the solution to the riddle, that he is a solitary man willing to kill people by himself. No one helps him at all. That's the solution. Did they get it right? No, they didn't get it right. He pretended they got it right so he could kill the priest and give him the garments and save his bride. He doesn't care if the people that want to kill him have any idea who he is. Notice that the woman in her searching for the solution accuses Samson of only hating her. You only hate me, Judges fourteen, fifteen through 16. Anywhere in the Bible where the nation of Israel accuses Christ of only hating them wanting to kill them, Exodus 17, 3, Exodus 16, 3, Numbers 22. She is saying to Samson, the purpose of your proposal of this wedding has always been to kill me. Word for word, exactly what Israel says to Christ. Israel accused God of bringing them out of the wilderness to kill them in the wilderness. Remember, Mount Sinai is a wedding ceremony, right? It has a canopy, it has has two witnesses, it has the, the vows. Whatever you say, we will do. It has all of that. Changing sub- subject somewhat again, watching the time. If the father of the bride is a dupe, an innocent pawn of Asculon, why does he refuse the consummation? By refusing Samson, they already know he slaughtered 30 Asculon priests, surrounded by military force. Brought back the proof. Everyone knows this. By refusing Samson the promise of his bride, Samson will be blameless now for going forward and killing Philistines. The father ultimately is burned to death by order of Askelon, because he gave the daughter to his best man. He took Samson's wife, it says judges 15:6. and that's why the Philistines, the priests that the next force that came forward, that Samson tore to pieces, man by man, one at a time. How fast? I've always thought to myself, thousands of men, he writes a song, I've slain a thousand men, how much time did it take him to tear every one of them apart? How fast does he do it? I'm in that group, let's say, and I see the first, I might have said this last week, who can remember, I'm old and I'm kind of an old goat. I don't remember, but if I watch the first five guys get ripped to pieces by a guy that doesn't even have a weapon, doesn't have any armor, he's by himself, I go, oh, I think maybe I'll move on. How fast did he do it? What's, how, how long did it take him to kill it? a thousand men? But the father is burned because he took Samson's wife and did not permit the consummation. That's why the priest killed him. And he gave her to the best man. And the Ashkelon Philistines saw this as a treacherous betrayal of them. So how does that fit? And they kill Samson's wife as well, but the retribution for Samson's total destruction of their wheat harvest, their vineyards, and their olive groves is, uh, is yet to come. Now, now, though, everyone knows that everybody knows. In other words, especially after he kills a thousand men by tearing them to pieces, they know this is the deliverer of Israel. No dispute. Everybody knows and everybody knows. And they decide they don't want to take him on much anymore, right? We'll get to that next week. He's a very difficult man to deal with. The Nazarene, the Nazarite that came for the Philistine woman, the Gentile bride, is indeed the promised deliverer. And Samson is revealed as such. That's how you can find the promised deliverer in the New Testament. That's how you can find the Messiah. If I were a Jewish scholar, all I'd have to do is find somebody in the New Testament or somebody in history that came for the Gentile bride. Got it.